Hey everyone, welcome back to Butter With That, a movie podcast where some, oh god, friends from Philadelphia get together. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking uh, friends. (laughs) And we talk about movies, uh, among other things. Last week, as you guys know, for the special occasion, the uh, 40th anniversary of the movie Alien, Anamurphery, that is something. Um... We, we dove into it and we talked about it. So um, we also all took a character quiz to figure out which uh, cat, uh, which crew member of the Nostromo we were. Um, so Which cat? Which cat we Nostromo were? All we were. <laughs> oh, which of the four Not Jones an options. I wish it was. Were we? Ooh, good one. Because, yeah, we would all just be Jones. Um, I'm jostling in the kitty cage. <laughs> <laughs> that is wow. perhaps one of my favorite out of context quotes. Yeah. <laughs> just jostling in the kitty that's cage. For the, uh, that's for, for the butter. Uh, I'm going to write that down right, right now. There. When we make t shirts, that's Holy definitely going to be on I'm one. Jostling in the kitty cage. Um, but my name is Dave. Um, and when I took the quiz, I got Parker. Um, the answer says here uh, the fun never stops with you. Always up for a laugh, even in the most intense and scary situations. Work hard, play hard is your motto, and you love nothing more than a bit of classic banter while you work. Which one was Parker again? Yavakoto. Oh, got it. Which, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I want to go last. <laughs> Connor, are you going? Yes. Uh, my name is Connor, and I got Ripley... Good for you. Oh, my mom is calling me. I can't talk now, mom. (laughs) What did your mom get? Let's conference her in. Wait, no, type a question in. Mother. Mother? Oh. 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 Uh, So I got Ripley. Very intelligent. You are the sole survivor of the incident aboard the Nostromo. What an an incident. You have an incredible talent at being able to see through lies and make judgments for yourself. You are one of Earth's true heroes. Wow. Born on Luna, thank you. Boom. Mic drop. I'm Tori, and I'm also Parker, so I'm fun and shit. And whatever whatever else the description was, yeah. We'll go fix stuff on the ship. Yeah. (laughs) I I like fixing ship things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But only for my uh, for my share. Yeah, I wanna I wanna get fucking paid, right. and that is for that's that is a true <laughs> right. thing. I just want money. <laughs> Was it? Did you just see one question? Do you want to get paid? <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Like, yes, I would like more money. money thank please. you. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. I'm Christine, and I also got Parker. Whoa! Wow. Oh my god! <laughs> got a room Wait. full of Parkers. This is an intense room. Jeez, yeah. oh, <laughs> Sam, who'd you get? <laughs> I can't even. So I'm Sam, and I got the Xenomorph. Yeah! <laughs> you, I didn't know that was I an option. Know. Wait, what is the description? Yeah. <laughs> You're the hunter, the beast, the Xenomorph. <laughs> you take no pity on those around you and are only interested in self-gain and the resurrection of your species. When they said you're most likely to be a movie star, they never said you were the goody. Sam, you're a perfect species. I was going to say, I admire its purity. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes. I took it in the staff room. I showed you immediately. I was like, oh my God. Wow. That's wild. That is amazing. <laughs> I'd like to see the movie where uh, there are three Parkers of Ripley <laughs> and then us all fighting Sam. <laughs> it's like Mario Party where it's everybody against <laughs> One person. All three of us are screaming. You're sh- Connor shouting at us to shut up, and Sam is hunting all of us. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Jordy's in the back, just being like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> Everyone just calm the fuck down. Wow, wonderful. I'm glad we did that. <laughs> um, so today we're kind of continuing the alien discussion. We're actually going to be talking instead of just uh, one of the movies and continuing uh, as we did last week. We're going to just do uh, the entire franchise. Um, so I have uh, some things written down here as far as the movies that entails uh, their budgets and their gross uh, in, uh, income for, uh, for each movie. Uh, that would be Alien, which we discussed last week, uh, 1979, Ridley Scott film, budget of $11 million, grossed $104 million. Wow. Crazy. We have uh, Aliens. Uh, the sequel to Alien came out, uh, James Cameron film in uh, 1986. The budget was uh, $18.5 million and grossed a hundred and thirty-one million. I can't believe that the budget for Alien was what was it again? Budget for the original Alien was yeah. eleven million. How did they make that for eleven million dollars? I, I mean, inflation, I guess, but like, I mean, that also, would only take like shit. twenty-five to thirty million. 
Which is like the the price that Us was made for. But it's just huh. like the, the the set work that they had to do, like everything, the the alien costume. Like, how did you make this movie for eleven million dollars? Well, you make part of the uh, alien jaws out of uh, shredded condoms and cover it in KY jelly. Oh my god! Like what? That whole set was like basically made out of the same thing that like a porn is made out of. Like it's insane. Yeah, it, yeah, as we discussed last time, it was next door to a Who soundstage. God only knows what was two doors down. I mean, well, then I take it back. The I Who take was it back. also like, try our lasers as well as our condoms <laughs> on KY. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, there was also Alien 3. Um, so, in other words, it goes Alien, Aliens, then Alien 3. And there's no, like, other name for that. No, right? it's just Alien 3. And it's a three, like if it was cubed. Like as though it's cubed, yeah. Yeah, weird. Sure. Uh, came out in 1992. It's I bet David, some focus groups love that. It's a David Fincher movie. Uh, he has uh, disowned the movie. He mm-hmm. hates Whoa. it. Hmm. Um, and perhaps for good reason. We'll get back to that. Alien Resurrection came out in uh, 1997 with a budget of $70 million. Um, so less than Alien, or no, a little, I'm sorry, a little bit more than Alien 3, but not by that much. Uh, and gross $161 million. Uh, then we had a pretty long gap where um, between 97 and 2010, nothing happened. But in 2010, we got a prequel to the original 1979 Alien called Prometheus. Um, that was uh, Ridley Scott's return to the franchise. Um, it cost $130 million and ultimately grossed $403 million, So a pretty, pretty resounding success. Hmm. Um, and actually, uh, as far as what I see here, the most profitable of any of them. Um and then there was, uh, in 2017, the most recent installation, another Ridley Scott joint, um, Alien Covenant, that movie costing $97 million and grossing $240 million. In some ways, that movie's a worst-case scenario for the um, Covenant, because you basically want to yeah, double... Well, in a lot of ways, but go on. Yeah, you want to double... <laughs> so for the marketing budget, just double whatever the like add-on... Um, the production budget. Mm. So the marketing probably costs over $100 million. So if they came in just a little over $200 million, the studio can't write that off as a loss right? for tax benefits. So they just eat the dirt on that yep. movie. Yeah, no, as they should have. Um, <laughs> um, so there are, uh, you know, we have a few different movies to talk about here. Uh, before we get into that, I'm just going to give us a quick uh, summary of the entire franchise timeline. <laughs> Buckle up. Do it, yes! So this walks us through the entire history of the uh, the Alien series, um, right up to uh, beginning with its prequels. Um, so that goes as follows. Um, and this, by the way, covers... Uh, two, I was going to say, how long is this? Two million... <laughs> two million years. <laughs> two million... Uh, 2,379 years. God, I never pay attention to dates in movies. I would have had no idea. <laughs> so in uh, two million B.C., Um, an engineer on Earth exposes itself to its own bioweaponry and dies, its DNA then uh, mutating into new life. Then in the first century AD, engineers prepare a ship stocked with bioweaponry to destroy their mutated ancestry on Earth. Spoiler alert, that's us. Uh, only to become waylaid on LV-223. 1990, Peter Whelan is born, uh, founder of the Whelan Corporation, which he founds in 2012. Uh, in 2030... Uh, Whalen devises David, a sentient android technology. In 2080, Dr. Elizabeth Shaw and Charlie Holloway discover evidence of star maps from Babylonian, Sumerian, Mayan, Egyptian, and Mesopotamian areas. 2091, the USCSS Prometheus, a space exploration ship built by the Whalen Corporation, leaves Earth on its journey to LV-223. That, again, the planet from the first century AD where the engineers uh, are waylaid. Um, January 7th, uh, 2092, Ellen Ripley is born. Uh, 2093, interestingly enough, a year after that, uh, all but two of the Prometheus crew, Dr. Shaw and David the Android, are killed in an encounter on LV-223 with an alien species and a revived engineer. The ship is destroyed and Shaw and a severely damaged David leave on... And a a severely severely damaged David. David. Uh, I I have a question. Is that the planet from Alien? It is not. Okay. No. That's LV-426. Okay, got it. Duh. Sorry. <laughs> um, but they leave on an engineer ship uh, to find the engineer's homeworld. 2094, Shaw presumably rebuilds David, and according to David, he and Shaw arrive at Paradise, the home planet of millions of engineers. He uses the ship's bioweaponry payload to destroy the entire population. We fast forward now to 
2104, Covenant, a colonization ship carrying thousands of humans and embryos, takes a detour to an unnamed planet. Turns out it's paradise from the previous film. Um, on its way to uh, Oragai 6, there the crew discover David and a new species, the Neomorph. After an incursion on the planet, uh, the majority of the crew is killed. David is revealed to have bioengineered xenomorphs as we know them. He brings their embryos on board alongside the human embryos, and the ship continues to Oragai 6. Um, 2104 through 2120 are unknown and leave space for a plotted sequel that's supposedly coming up. Um, is there? Is there? What's uh, the head shake? You don't think it's going to happen? Not going to happen. Why? I don't think it's going to happen either. No, interesting. Covenant bombed. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. And these movies are too expensive to make. We'll see. Okay. Um, 2120, the space mine, uh, space towing vessel, the Nostromo, leaves Earth. Uh, that from Alien. And then the events of Alien in 2122, after detecting a signal, the Nostromo lands on a planetoid, LV-426. After being infected by a facehugger, Executive Officer Kane dies when a xenomorph bursts through his chest. It then picks off the remaining crew one by one, leaving only Ripley and Jones, the ship's cat, alive. This brings us to uh, 57 years later, 2179, uh, to the movie Aliens, uh, that after drifting in cryosleep for 57 years, Ripley is rescued but returns to LV-426 because contact with the new human colony there, Hadley's Hope, has been lost. Arriving with the military squad, they find sole survivor, a six-year-old girl named Newt, the xenomorphs, and an alien queen. Um, Ripley escapes with Newt, Corporal Hicks and the android Bishop and heads back to Earth uh, on another ship. Uh, though, while on board, a facehugger impregnates Ripley with a queen while in cryosleep. Uh, fire starts on board and the human life pods eject, landing near a penal colony on Fiorina 161. Only Ripley and the facehugger survive. Ripley kills the resulting alien and then, to keep the Wayland Corporation from extracting the queen embryo inside her, dies by suicide by jumping into a furnace. Is this the start of Alien 3? That uh, that encompassed Alien 3. Oh, because right Aliens just ends with her in cryosleep and yeah. it's a happy ending. And yeah, then it turns out uh, Hicks and um, Hicks, Jones, and um, It Newt takes place in like a fucking prison too, right? Yeah, it does. It's yeah. like, a, it's, a, it's the penal colony here on um, Fiorina 161, which is um, just like a, a prison colony full of um, all men. Um, mm. We'll get back to that. Uh, and then the final chapter, which is uh, in the chronology at least, is um, the year uh, 2379, so that a good uh, 200 years after the last movie, um, in which we get Resurrection, which is uh, the United Systems military clone Ripley and her bio-messenger, or bio-passenger, excuse me, the, um, the queen embryo, uh, from are uh, cloned from medical samples on Fiorina 161, the prison planet. Um, they surgically remove the alien queen in order to breed the species, which escapes aboard the uh, Ariga, uh, killing many. Uh, additionally, the alien queen's shared human DNA from Ripley allows her to deliver a humanoid xenomorph hybrid. The ship then crashes into the Earth's atmosphere and explodes. Meanwhile, Ripley 8, the clone, escapes uh, aboard the Betty and escape vessel with the android Cal, as played by Winona Ryder. God, humans are the worst. What happened? <laughs> And that is the whole story of Alien. I excluded in 2004 when um, Alien vs. Predator takes place. Yeah. <laughs> Tori is holding the Blu-ray. I know. I bought this for $8. It's the first and second one. I exclude it because it's a crossover and is really more of a Predator movie than it is an Alien movie. And also, it posits that Xenomorphs are an organism that have been bred underground on Earth by Predators all throughout time. Wow. as the perfect organism for them to hunt. Spoiler alert. Although the first xenomorph, <laughs> as is established, wasn't developed until uh, around 2104 by David the Android in Covenant. So no thank you, AVP. Mm. <laughs> well, 2004, we didn't have Michael Fassbender in all of his glory. That's so. true as well. Yeah. The whole story. Yeah. I will say that as of March 25th, 2019, the um, alien colon awakening yes. is... Being reconsidered. It was developed, like it was scrapped, developed, scrapped, but as of, you know, you know, last March, they're still thinking that it could happen. So it okay. could happen. I'll go see any alien Stranger movie things have happened, for sure. Yes. Stranger things also has happened. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <But it's, laughs> 
Very nice. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, at this rate, Millie Bobby Brown will probably be in an alien movie. Hey, she's gonna be in the Godzilla Fucking, movie. So oh, I'm so pumped for Godzilla. It's gonna <laughs> be so too. good. Me too. Let Maybe them she'll fight. Be in Alien Awakening. She's also in King Kong versus Godzilla or whatever that mm-hmm. like other one is called. Yeah. I feel like I have a kinship with Godzilla. I don't know what it is, but I feel like... I mean, like... you are the Xenomorph. True. Yeah, that's right. true. We can get into it for real, though. Like, I just I some... feel like I look inside of his eyes and I see his soul. I don't know what it is, Garrett, but just my life. Garrett refers to Jason as his um, best boy, and now he's been referring <laughs> to uh, Godzilla as his best big boy. So, um, he is a big boy. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I he sewed a Godzilla patch onto his jacket the other day. He's very proud of himself. Rock on. <laughs> wow, that, especially that he sewed it himself. Good I know. I just sat there watching and being. He was asking me technical questions. I was like, I don't know. You just fucking put a thing through a loop. I don't know. Do it. Yeah, you just do it. Just do it. Very helpful. <laughs> do it. So, <laughs> uh, in conjunction with. Um, with uh, discussing a whole franchise, which we've never done before. This is going to be a little bit new. I guess let's go in, uh, in the chronological order that we've just discussed. Um, so that starts us off and uh, kicks us into gear with uh, the film Prometheus, which, uh, Christine, I know you're very excited about. The evangelist of Prometheus. I could consider myself a Prometheus evangelist, which is interesting because it proposes this new idea of the origin of humans, which is the fact that they were created by engineers and, like not evolved from apes, which isn't a very interesting theory. But who are the engineers? I know I asked you this on the walkover. No, no, Dave, who are the engineers? Well, the engineers are um, seen in the... uh, (laughs) Seen for the first... over to Dave. (laughs) Seen for the first time in the entire franchise in the initial film. Um, This, again, breaking from the chronology, but in Alien, uh, the space jockey that we're treated to in... um, in that wonderful um, cinematic sequence in uh, in Alien, is in fact one of the engineers, um, and the engineers, you know, they remain frankly pretty mysterious figures. Uh, they seem to be uh, this sort of like hyper evolved race that has mastered space travel, bioweaponry, um, sort of evolutionary and biological experimentation, um, and in fact give birth to human life on Earth as we understand it. Uh, via one of them uh, visiting Earth in, again, 2 million BC um, and ingesting the bioweapon and that degrading their cells and creating the cellular genome map for human beings. So uh, that, that is kind of the ethos of Prometheus is that they're, they're pursuing the answers as to um, their creators. They, we, we kind of figure that via these star maps that have been discovered throughout different societies – that will go there and they will have some answers for us. But it turns out when we arrive there and are confronted with them, they consider us a mistake that they wanted to eradicate. So I would consider myself less Fair. an evangelist <laughs> and more of an apologist for Prometheus. Uh, they, they knew what was going on in uh, 2016 or whatever. Well, you know, they, the time that, uh, as we discussed in the chronology, that when they planned to destroy the Earth with the bioweaponry, uh, only to become waylaid on uh, LV-223, was first century AD. So it was before we even got into, like, modern warfare or anything like that. That was, like, way, way back. Put an end to it before. I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool that this script was written and this concept was created so far after the original Alien. Hmm. And I think that, like... The context and the background that Prometheus provided, I think, did such a wonderful job of, like, building the universe, building the world, but also tethering it to themes that were really interesting to already think about in the, like, alien franchise that came before it. Like, the distinction between humans and robots and Mm -hmm. the idea of creation and destruction. And I think that what Prometheus does really well is kind of introduce this very intricate map of creation of like what circumstances like bring life to different creations and humans desire to meet their maker engineers desire to meet their like and how all of these circumstances basically create these monsters which i think is kind of a theme that Alien explores. Ridley Scott is clearly really into these these themes too. You have yeah. these great concepts like in Blade Runner, 
um, where the replicants, uh, like Roy Batty is the one who wants to meet um, the head of the Tyrell Corporation. And there are a lot of scenes in Prometheus that are definitely like taken basically from Blade Runner. They, by the way, are a shared cinematic universe. No, Wait, no. Whoa, really? No, they're not. Supposedly the Tyrell Corporation has direct ties to Wayland. I mean, they have a lot of similar, are you serious? Yeah. Really? That's a Ridley Scott <laughs> thing. Yeah, they're the same. They're literally the same. That sounds universe. like some J.K. Rowling bullshit that's being played I mean, right now. <laughs> it feels a little bit afterthoughty, but that, hey, I'll take it. That's there are cool. definitely a lot of similarities, and I would say so. I I watched Prometheus in the theaters, and I thought visually it was really cool. A lot of the wide scale, while Alien, like the first Alien, is certainly has the scenes of them exploring the landscape. Most of it takes place on the spaceship and this idea of sort of the confining spaces of a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Whereas Prometheus, it's the visuals are blown out and you really see the huge landscape. I mean, the first like third of it looks like a nature dock. Which, the set design is incredible. Yeah. And also, which it reminded some of the shots reminded me of Arrival. Which is interesting, yeah, like Dela, okay. Dennis Villeneuve, like his shots of um, sort of the the graphite rocks in the planet and these big sweeping scapes and the small humans climbing, you know, over that landscape. So I thought visually it was really cool. Although now seeing Alien and then or rewatching Alien and then rewatching Prometheus, I'm like. It's not. I mean, Alien is f- such a far superior movie than Prometheus. I'll say the writing of Prometheus is so bad. <laughs> but Michael Fassbender, excellent character. He's great. And, you know, some of the other performances are pretty good. The, the thing that kills me, though, is as we discussed last time, in Alien, we're dealing with space truckers. Like, these are blue-collar people that don't have, like, much information on, like, what they're doing or different planets and this and that. This is, like, a team of scientists... And they arrive on this planet, and their reaction, even though it's they're in a ship that's manufacturing a similar atmosphere to the one that we can tolerate, they take off their helmets? Like, what about bioorganisms or, like, gaseous organisms or the whatever? The black goo. What about the black goo? the black goo that is actually a gaseous organism in Covenant, the sequel, which they fortunately address the one and only strength of that movie, is correcting the problem in Prometheus, which, like... I do like Prometheus more now, but I think that that one thing is so egregious that it really brings me out of it. And it, I also it brings you out think... of it. It's also, I feel like the considerations are how much can the audience see these like A-listers walking around and do, do sure, helmets sure. limit? Well, which I think is a bullshit excuse for taking helmets off. It's like why Armageddon is like 70% close-ups, yeah. But... Yeah, that's a whole, I, that's a whole other podcast episode. I think I just was looking at Sam's face. That's like, huh? <laughs> the best similarities are between Ash and David. Who's yeah. Played by Michael, Michael Fassbender. And I think one of my favorite parts of Alien were the opening minutes, as we mentioned last week, of just exploring the interior space. Prometheus opens in a very similar way. You um, there are shots of the interior of the spaceship but then David enters and you pretty much know David is a robot from the very beginning. He's bouncing a basketball through, through the spaceship. He's riding a bicycle in circles and, uh, throwing basketballs and like hitting like at the same time, slam dunks or what at the same time. You're like, all right, this dude is not human. (laughs) He is no, well, it's like a Bishop and aliens with the knife trick. And he's waking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's waking people. He's waking the, uh, scientists up from their cryo sleep and things like that. But I'm like, yes, I feel like this is Ridley back in his seat where he, he knows what he loved about alien and he wants to like recreate some of these really pivotal scenes, which was kind of fun to watch too. Hmm. I remember being confused by the marketing of Prometheus because Ridley Scott would say, this is not an alien movie, but it's something I totally that was the unique. Whole thing. Yeah. Cause I didn't see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of was like, waiting for other people to see it and then like was like oh it it is an alien thing well that's that's my problem is this this movie would have been a i think the elements that are not tied to the xenomorph lexicon are amazing like all the stuff with uh david his development um all the stuff that like if it if, if this resulted in any other explanation other than in the end it turns out um this is how a deacon xenomorph is born uh, i'll get into that in a second but like 
we don't need the Xenomorph story to be part of this. It could be about the Whalen Corporation's development of robots, which I think is what this movie was at first until the studio stepped in and was like, hey, Wayland, just make it a Xenomorph thing too. But, but it's I, interesting how that has been a... I, I mean, I haven't seen Alien 3 or like Requiem, so I don't know how much they play a role... Yeah. Or Resurrection, that's what I mean. Yeah, like how they, much they play a role in the other ones, but... At least in Alien and Aliens, it was really interesting to me that um, a like artificial intelligence stuff like played such a big role in yeah. that as well, and those two things being like so like interested in each other, um, and then of course that became more of a thing in like Prometheus and um, uh, what's the new Alien Covenant Covenant, Covenant. Yeah. even in Alien where he, he yeah. Ash regards it as a perfect organism has this reverence for yeah, it yeah there's this weird like I don't know they're just I, yeah like I, there's like I mean there's a lot of sexual tension in like some of those movies in weird ways anyway but that like scene, baby. Uh, oh man that yeah um, but it's just really interesting how they've like created this like AI stuff that is fascinated by xenomorphs. Right. Yeah. Because it wants I think to create, which is really yeah. interesting. Which I do think, I think that is why Prometheus not only ties, a, like creates a great tie yeah. in with human-robot relationships that right. are pre present in Alien, but I, I think it provides some interesting things to think about in the relationship between or among, I should say, humans, robots, and the xenomorphs, because the robot plays such a, a point. pivotal point in the creation of the xenomorph. And you, there's a line that David says at one point in Prometheus that something like, like the create or they're they're talking about the the idea of an intelligent design essentially, and like mm, yeah. the idea of the act of creation and what the motivation is behind creating a new life form. And essentially, David just says. Because you can't, like, the desire to do it is because you you can, not for some greater sense of purpose, which is such a wonderful mm. comment on sort of this incidental, accidental, kind of weird process of creation that occurs and that you see play itself out throughout the franchise that is kind of an interesting relationship among all these disparate characters, mm -hmm. which I was really fascinated by in seeing yeah. that. I need like, to watch Prometheus again, Prometheus. too, because I think I put it on kind of in, like, the background the one time I watched it as, like, a, oh, it's, like, a sci-fi action movie I can just, like, watch, and it's, like, a movie you have to pay, like, yeah. a lot of attention to, and there's a lot of confusing stuff in that movie if you're not, like, giving your full attention, and even if you are, there's still, like, some confusing stuff in that movie sure. from, like, what I remember. Like, there's that whole part with, like, um, <laughs> I remember it very vaguely, but... Uh, they start talking in like another language and there aren't subtitles. It's yeah. the engineer's language. Yeah. <laughs> and so like even that, I'm just like, why are we not using subtitles here? Like I watched um, that movie with Ryan Gosling, Only God, God Forgives, and that takes place in Thailand. There's also scenes where they don't use subtitles, but my friend happened to like know what they were, what they were hmm. saying in Thai. Oh, and she good. told me and I was like, Oh, that sounds like stuff I would like to know, like what was fucking happening <laughs> no. in that moment. And I always felt that with that scene, too, where I was like, you know, that sounds like information I would like to have. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he he spends his time while they're on cryo sleep learning all of the Rosetta Stone packages. So. Right. God, if only we had by Audible. what we would do if we had all the time in the world, you know. Or dye your hair and look like Peter O'Toole from Lawrence of Arabia, which I think is a hilarious side note. Anyhow. Uh. Well, uh, because I do want to cover uh, the other films as well, I guess uh, any, any, no, just any final notes, I guess, on Prometheus before. Uh, one thing I do want to touch a bit on is uh, the alien evolution uh, by film. So I guess do we want to do that really quick. Do it. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, this movie establishes that an engineer plus their biological weapon equals a human being. Uh, it establishes that that biological weapon absorbed by a human creates a humanoid creature. Uh, that bioweapon, when human intercourse occurs between two humans, one of them infected, that results in what's called a trilobite, which is, in essence, a giant facehugger. And the trilobite, giant facehugger... But doesn't a trilobite already exist? Uh, that's a thing, but uh, this is, thing. I guess, a different... You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. And a trilobite, um, plus an engineer, uh, the you know designer of all of this... Um, creates what's called a deacon, which is a primitive xenomorph. 
So that's the evolution in here involved in Prometheus. This is all too confusing for this franchise. What's it say again? What are you looking at? It's just like all the visuals for like, they have the monsters and then they have implantation. We'll make sure there's a link online for you to check this out. You want to keep it sexy, you know? I love presumably evolved somehow. You just don't even see in a textbook, except instead of like. So you folks will see this online. This is how procreation works. It's like this is how xenomorph like uh, position as well for xenomorph creation. That is not the way it was created in Prometheus. I'll tell you that. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm. Well, Um, moving on from Prometheus, (laughs) uh, we have Alien Covenant that came out in 2017. Uh, I have, I have a question about Alien Covenant. Go ahead. Does Danny McBride survive, or does he die horribly and gratuitously? Do you really want to know this I right now? I really want to know, because I'm never going to see this movie. <laughs> Just he does. take a guess. You're not? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I have no desire. It's an alien movie. Almost everyone dies. It. There are some interesting scenes. Um, I, would... I really like when... Is it David in the cave, or is it a different one in the cave? David, and uh, there's also the downgraded version, uh, or the rather more human adaptable version called Walter. Okay. So... There are there are parts with David and Walter in said cave. Yes. Yeah. If Michael Fassbender and Michael Fassbender may or may not want to fuck each it's, other. Uh, it's David the robot um, from, uh, from Prometheus meeting um, basically a, a downgraded <laughs> version of himself yeah. via Walter, another robot. But yeah. with the shared interest of being able to play the flute. And Which play they God. learn about how and play God. Yes. <laughs> Secondary. Okay. The first of which is way more impressive. The lung capacity include alone. Playing the wooden flute and thinking of oneself as a god. Yeah, yes. Garrett and uh, Dan always refer to them as flute benders at like the beginning Aww. of every podcast. Um, but I I just love what that space looks like in that movie and also like all the drawings and like crazy shit of like xenomorphs like it just seems like someone who is obsessed with this like species and this like idea um that i i don't know i was just like looking at his like you know like little fucking like cave office thing he has going on and seeing how he's like obsessed like a detective or something and it was like just like I like an intriguing, you know, setting to be in and be looking at because as someone who also yeah. like doesn't feel like I understand any any of the xenomorph stuff that much and like the stages, it was kind of cool just seeing all of those images. Well, so that's sort of where this um, this uh, biology becomes important again, um, and the the sequencing of the alien evolution. So in this movie, it's. Um, it's when we first get an actual xenomorph because in the previous movie in uh, Covenant we got a deacon, which is a primitive xenomorph. Uh, in this one we have what's called neomorphs. Neomorphs are uh, a combination of the uh, gaseous form of the bioweapon, but you know, like a, an organic gaseous version of it, um, combined with a human being, results in what's called a neomorph, which is a, a kind of another form, a different form of primitive xenomorph. Uh, which seems to be what David has been sketching most of the time um, because he ultimately arrives at the established uh, xenomorph formula, uh, a human be- a face hugger and a human being, which results in a z- uh, the z- classic xenomorph that we get an alien and aliens <laughs> and so on. Um, and seems like very reverential and proud of it in Covenant where it's, it's almost as though he sees it as, oh, I've made the thing that Ash will regard as a perfect organism. You know what I mean? I also feel like this is stupid, but like, how is a how does like a face hugger fit into the like creating a, a species kind of deal? You know, I think that maybe ties more into aliens, which we'll get to shortly. Okay. I, at least that's the only explanation. I, I think I remember that. I think I've only seen aliens once, and I loved it, but I've only seen it the one time. So yeah, yeah. I love the competing terms. You have something that sounds pseudoscientific, like xenomorph, neomorph, and then you've got face hugger, chest burster, like head exploder. Which is, which is you mentioned the thing about them being like, yeah, we wanted it to look like the alien was fucking something. Now I just keep thinking like sure. face fucker, and so like that's all that's yeah. like going through my head right now. <laughs> And it's, yeah. ma- and it's tongue is made out of sheep intestine. Mm. That's really gross. God, Yummy. everything about that Yummy. is disgusting. Yeah. Um, Alien Covenant, in short, I think was very bad. 
Um, I think the robot and Android stuff with uh, with David and with um, Walter, the downgraded version, I think that stuff's fantastic. Um, but again, I think it's another movie where like Ridley Scott had some idea for like a really brilliant exploration of the Android concept through the Whaling mm-hmm. Corporation that kind of had to shoehorn the creation of Xenomorphs into. Mm-hmm. Um, that leads us to Alien. Uh, much later. Uh, well, I, I, I guess not much later. It's probably about like, uh, it looks like about 20 years later. Um, Which is also, one more thing I'll point out between Prometheus and Alien Covenant and then Alien, which is the fact that when you're looking at the design of the ship, <laughs> yeah. you're like, I know that the ship and Alien is supposed to be like a towing vessel. They're partying, but they're just like, well, it's like when Compositive you watch the Star things. Wars movies. Yep. Yeah. You know? And then you look at the ships that are created with Prometheus and Alien Coming, you're like, the I guess technology is though, because so like, different. Yeah, some of them are like mm. scouting vessels. Some One of them is an exploratory colonization vessel. So like, it makes sense that they'd be different. And again, under space capitalism, depending on their use, <laughs> would be shittier or better. Yeah. It's just like they're using touch screens on those ships yeah. and everything. Well, and you know, it's, it's like, like <laughs> watching episodes one through three and being like, God, everything supposedly technologically is better, but sucks more. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. That's <laughs> no, okay. Uh, I mean, that brings us to Alien. We pretty well covered that um, in the previous episode. As we know, um, the face hugger for born from an egg. Uh, when uh, incubated in a human creates the classic xenomorph as we've just established in Covenant. If this is too much of a tangent, we don't have to talk about it, but what is the deal with the planet and alien if that's not where they were in Prometheus? Well, it's just another another one. It's just coincidence that the... Well, they say (laughs) that they wouldn't engineer bioweapons on the planet where they're from. They would pick another planet. It's essentially like another assembly planet. So it's a random like a it's a random planetoid. Okay. Yeah. At that least works. that's how I understood it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Dude. No, that's that's fine. Or I mean even just if you want to assume that these engineers um have such I mean, their home planet is like what? Like a like several light years from Earth, as we understand in Covenant. But yet in two million BC they were on Earth. So like they've been exploring the galaxy and the universe for a long time and have probably covered a lot of ground and have developed this bioweaponry as we know it two billion years ago. Um, so it just seems like this probably would have been at play on like sure. a string of planets throughout the universe. Makes sense. They're all over. Sounds sounds good. Um, at, at any rate, th- yeah, this brings us to Alien, where it's uh, fifty-seven years after the event of Alien or uh, yeah, Aliens, fifty-seven years after Alien. Um, Ripley is awoken from cryosleep and is brought back to uh, LV-426, the site of the Alien movie, um, and engages in basically a ground war with um, with the military operation uh, and is confronted with an alien queen. Um, yeah, it's aliens, a straight-up action movie. Aliens, mm-hmm. or, or Alien 2, I think is the best, maybe the best sequel ever made. Hmm. Um and it's it's something actually David Foster Wallace, interestingly enough, pointed out at one point in like uh, an essay that he'd written about film and specifically about Terminator Two, um, that this movie and Terminator Two have an exact trajectory that's perfectly aligned with each other. It's like it was introduced as a claustrophobic horror movie with a driven and cold mm. uh, antagonist against, um, which both of them are. Uh... What's his face? Cameron. Right? Yeah. Well, Cameron. Cameron is uh, the original Terminator, but Ripley Scott did Aliens, or did Alien. Yeah. But then uh, in the sequel, they both uh, he did both. But that's just like very interesting that they were like both both of these like series like decide to then do like a very similar like we're going from like horror yeah. to like this is a fucking action movie, which is now. maybe something to something to uh, Cameron's credit is yeah. that he experienced it with alien first because yeah. th- it's exactly the same formula. It starts as a claustrophobic horror movie uh, and then becomes like, a like takes the formula of that and applies it to like an awesome blockbuster action film, mm. which is basically aliens. Um, and it raises the scale so much. There's way more uh, soldiers and wait, therefore way more characters and way more deaths. There are hundreds more xenomorphs, mm. and we're introduced to the alien queen. Uh, and all the while, Ripley is bringing us through this as like the confident and assured heroine that we we've gotten to know. Yeah. But now even more driven because she's experienced this before. And then you have who who's the actor who plays the AI in that movie? Oh, uh, Lance Henderson, Lance, right? Yeah. 
He's great. I, I just like him in general and like action shit. I think he's really awesome. But like having him is like the AI is really cool. And have him be basically like you expect the whole time. And Ripley points this out is like she doesn't trust these androids. Yeah. Because like she's experienced Ash. She's gone through that whole thing. And like she has this established distrust of Bishop who in the end winds up being mm. like a robot that almost transcends his programming such that he's making sacrifices moral decisions mm. um, that are outside the purview of what's programmed. He's better than some of the humans you are introduced to in Absolutely. that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a really interesting character. Um, mm. He has a really interesting bit in the third one, too. Um, oh, he's in the third one. He is. Very cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, any I guess any, any other thoughts on Aliens? I think Aliens is really great. It introduces us to the Alien Queen, and that explains the eggs, is that there's an Alien Queen, which isn't quite a xenomorph. It's an alien queen, because um, it's not as it's not a xenomorph. It, it maybe evolves from a deacon. Is that what the chart we found? No, no, said? no, no, no. Well, it, yeah, that's what I was confused about. I think the alien queen is maybe like a result of the bioweaponry that's like removed from the timeline because she's like. God, this takes me back to biology one hundred and one. Like <laughs> opening my textbook and being like, "Phylus genus like, bees." I don't know. <laughs> yes. So she's not a quadruped. <laughs> Xenomorphs are quadrupeds. So are neomorphs. So are deacons. She has six legs. She's her own thing. And she gives birth to eggs. She's got some sick And birds. those eggs uh, oh, result yeah, in the facehuggers, which actually it. initially incubate everything. So I think she's ultimately the source. And maybe, maybe like the engineers extracted something from her or something. But like the alien queen feels like the, ori- the origin of the entire thing somehow, I think. Mm. The OG, if you will. I think the biggest knock for me on Aliens is that the ending is almost identical to Alien. But uh, that's the only way to kill them. Otherwise, it destroys your ship. But then that's like not... For me, it just was like not the most interesting dramatic choice in like a film. I don't well, know. It was, when it, Ripley <laughs> is in a mech suit fighting to protect her new daughter, Newt, against an alien queen, that's not enough. But yeah, it's what's, just, the, what's the line? <laughs> Stay away from her, you bitch. Yeah. So good. Sure just like you just idea. called that alien queen a bitch. That's the best thing. <laughs> this rendering of her has her in like what I envision is like knee high, like leather black boots. Yeah, and she's like striking this like, like the heel is like a stiletto. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. In this picture, she's really killing it. Yeah. The alien queen? Yes. Look. She's oh, serving she is. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, Fair enough, I guess. I, I mean, I'd argue that Alien and Aliens are as good as each other, despite being different. Well, and films. the idea of, like, the Alien Queen is on the ship again, just like the Xenomorph was on the escape pod again. I don't know. Oh, right. Yeah, Watch it, out. It was just it's a- bigger than a Xenomorph, even. <laughs> I don't know. I gave Connor some shit because I went, he, when I, he watched Alien, he watched it and put it on Letterboxd and gave it four stars, and every other person who's watched it on Letterboxd gave it five, and Ooh, I was like, you better give oh, it. You, you better bitch. change that. I changed it to five. Why did you oh, take did a star you? away? <laughs> oh, you got bullied into changing your own review. I got bullied into Good. Um, I hope the, you learned your lesson. I was just like, I was laying in bed and I had been like drinking beer and like Garrett was standing there. I was like, fucking four stars. Where the Where's the extra star, bitch? <laughs> Should have texted me that. Why did you take a star away? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, the rating system is Outrageous. like. Any rating system is. I mean, I give, okay, like. You know, I'll I'll talk about this more in depth in another episode if we ever get to it. But like, I gave Speed Racer five stars. That crazy fucking rules. Crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> when you texted that to the chat, I was like, ah. we it were sitting so there, and I was funny. like, oh fuck yeah, this movie's the best. <laughs> Wait, maybe if it comes out, the Alien Awakening will actually solve this question of how does the alien, the Deacon Alien variant. Oh, is there like a gap? Evolve into the queen. Ooh, can oh. I see that? So if we're saying that the third possibly installation of the Prometheus Alien Covenant new possible uh. movie is going to happen, maybe that is that explains what that God, process Alien is. Alien Queen just looks Shit. This just incredible. sounds like the wrong direction to take a franchise. Why? Well, it's, it's who, the only one. It's the last one, I think. But who cares who? about 
how xenomorphs and neomorphs and the dog xenomorphs and all. We haven't gotten to that yet. But it's just the idea of like what the core, what is awesome about Alien was horror mixed with the sci-fi element and the idea of like intelligent life and what you were talking about with Prometheus of like what does it mean to be a creator? Like who cares if the deacon turns into the alien? Qu- like okay. that's just like because all Because I guess alien Connors is like this perfect to. species just, and now you have variations on said perfect species. So, which is I, interesting when you think about like how we mm-hmm. are all like taught as a fucking race and shit, you know? Like, as, like, a society of, like, there's, like, weird, like, religious kind of, like, aspects to it that I think are, like, kind of interesting. But also a parallel sort of maybe scientific, like, origin of species kind of developments in this universe. Mm -hmm. Also, people are fascinated about, like, building the universe of superhero universes and how people connect in different ways and how characters connect in different ways. I feel like this is the same building of that it's like if they were all different types of xenomorphs. You guys have Avengers. <laughs> Le- give me this. Just give me this. Actually, I would love to see uh, one of the posters like they have for the Avenger movies with all different like forms like in I the know. each iteration from- of the yeah. neomorph xenomorph mm-hmm. face hugger. The one yes. for Infinity War where like Iron Man's like this. Like- it's just like <laughs> <laughs> alien uh, queen. Alien queen. Like, yes. Yeah, like, yes. We gotta see her like knee high black. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm here for it. Someone can someone make that? I don't know. I mean, Ridley ha- Awakening. This is the Awakening right yeah. here. This is the trailer we need. Avengers is over. You got to pick up the fucking torch, right? <laughs> yeah. It better be an Awakening because this franchise is almost dead. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, this franchise making mistakes, let's talk about Alien Three. <laughs> um, cubed. Alien. Cubed. Alien cubed. This movie's not very good. Um, this was, again, it was a, a um, David Fincher film. He was attached to it, but apparently it went through, like, studio production hell where, like, executives and the studio itself was, like, really weighing in, restricting his ability to make the film he wanted. Um, has has David Fincher done another, like, action space movie? Like, or not like, that I know That does of. not sound like something, a project I would think that he would <laughs> The social up. network well, button 19... space! <laughs> yes. It was 1992. <laughs> so, I mean, it was still really Facebook. early in his career when he was still gone doing music videos space. pretty much. Gone okay. space. So. She's gone, but it's in the atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this movie... This is sort of like the disappointing... It's, it's already... Uh, its foundation is a disappointing sequel to Aliens because... At the end of Aliens, we we know Ripley to have escaped with Corporal Hicks and um, and Newt, who she's kind of like caring for now as like this orphaned um, survivor of Hadley's Hope, a human colony that was raided by xenomorphs. Do we ever find out what happens to her daughter? Uh, only in Alien Isolation, the video game. Oh shit! What a great game! <laughs> or there's actually a cutscene from Aliens where uh, she appears to Ripley because she's again there's 57 years between where she appears to Ripley as a woman who is older than her. Who basically, like, when communicating with her mother Ripley for the the first time since she's gone missing in space is like, look, I, I've had this whole life beyond you and I, I basically renounce you as a mother. Whoa. But they cut that. Christopher Nolan totally ripped that. Wait, am I an idiot? Did, does everyone else know that David Fincher did, like, a lot of, like, music videos? Oh, he did tons what? of them, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of music videos on here. Crazy. Most of his directorial credits are music videos. <laughs> Any, uh, like... Uh, same <laughs> musical artists that he's done. Um, Paula Abdul. Ooh. Three of them on here. All right. Four. Oh. There's a Nine Inch Nails one. There's a lot. Yeah. He. I don't think he's done any other sci-fi stuff though, which is interesting. Except for Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. So at any rate, uh, this movie begins with uh, establishing that Newt and Corporal Hicks are dead. They just. She wakes up. They've been killed. Um. So it already removed. It, it, it kind of gutted the the previ- the ending of the previous film where we not only get Ripley but we also understand that there are um, there are other key figures that we've learned about and and kind of come to know through Ripley uh, at play uh, who are just gone now. And, I love um, a swift, convenient exposition. Characters you thought might be in this movie are actually dead because we didn't want to. And it them. is that fast and like. Mm. Ripley is forced to, as a character, because of the trajectory and movement of the plot, is forced to just, like, disregard it beyond a certain point. She has a breakdown, but, like, then, like, ten minutes later in the movie, she's up and running, and we have to go forward. Which I appreciate, I guess, as a reset, but it's still kind of dumb. Um, she's then on this uh, alien planet, Fiorina 161, 
uh, on this penal colony that is full of uh, men who, um, like, they're all, like, uh, they've, like, monastically given up sex and, like, there's like this constant air of tension that's really weird it does have some cool moments where like ripley becomes like this heroine in the face of like this backdrop and like seizes a sense of like i don't know power and autonomy over these these individuals that's really cool but like it it it's ruined by its effects like it, it's a, a cg alien for the first time and it's a 92 cg alien so it looks like trash we're also treated to uh, alien vision for the first time, which is like a xenomorph perspective on like crawling through vents and stuff, which nobody needs. Um, so I would say that I don't know. Kind of, wait, so it's the perspective of the xenomorph as like, a, as it crawls like through a predator hunting. thing, kind of. <clears throat> it's like a predator thing, or it's like a slasher movie thing. Mm. It doesn't really have a place in this in this franchise for me because the real tension is not knowing where it is. Yeah. So if you're if you're if you're experiencing as the audience. It's navigation toward whatever it's hunting, then it devalues that a little bit and takes away from the mystique and tension of not knowing where it is. Right. You don't you don't want to know the like perspective of the monster that's trying to be found by the characters that you're actually getting. Yeah. The perspective so it, it, of, it really yeah. it that aspect really draws away from it for me. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen that one, but no. yeah, it's pretty rough. The dog um, the dog ones are in there? Yeah, and that brings us to um Another step in the alien evolution, which is that um, these uh, these face-hugging aliens are uh, basically like adapting to whatever they incubate. Um, so in human beings, it happens to be a xenomorph. Um, in the case of a dog, which is uh, on this planet and is the first thing the face-hugger encounters and creates a xenomorph, uh, well, a sort of xenomorph out of that, it has more of the attributes of a dog than a human or a traditional xenomorph. Hmm. Did the um, humans on a spacecraft bring the dog to the planet? Uh, I would assume so. Which I mean, is it's a there Jones this... character? Kind of. It's. I mean, it's a prison colony, but it's. it's oh, there. it's the pr- right, 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 right. Got um, it, got it, got it. That's that's when we're treated to like the notion that like these xenomorphs, or rather these uh, these face hugging aliens, create things that are uh, like the vestige of, um, or or at least a sort of replica of whatever they've uh, incubated in and inhabited. Um, which is why xenomorphs are um, bipedal. Uh, almost humanoid organisms um, versus when they inhabit a dog in this one where it's a quadruped. Um, so I guess that's Alien 3. It's fine. It's not, <laughs> it's not very good. Uh, and then Alien Resurrection is 200 years later where um, Ripley has died in the previous film because she wants to keep Wayland from uh, creating biotech around the uh, alien embryo that they could recreate from her. Um but they do anyway in this one. And they also, on top of that, recreate Ripley uh, through cloning. So the Ripley that we're treated to, still played by Sigourney Weaver, is technically a clone. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a mess, this movie. Uh, it's, it really is out of sync in terms of tone because it's, like, way more, like, it's got just kind of a sheen to it, like a very commercial sheen that we were used to seeing in, like, the 2000s. Um, what was the date of Alien Resurrection? The date within the chronology? Or no, when did it come out? <laughs> oh, it came out in, um, that was uh, 2007. Mm-hmm. Or no, I'm sorry, no, that's wrong, 1997. Um, so it was like, you know, it feels like movies from that era. It's just sort of like, kind of like a largely CG, but like still kind of shaky CG action film that surrounds what is basically a clone of Ripley anyway, and like... It's pretty the, for this for me. The franchise is pretty deflated at this point. It really doesn't have a lot going for it. I think this movie's very bad. Um, I would say it may be the worst one. So I feel like this gives. And so you had Alien versus Predator, and then you had Prometheus, right? Oh yeah, Resurrection was uh, yeah nineteen ninety seven, and then you would have had in two thousand four Resurrection and Requiem. Oh right. Re- oh, so there were still two more in the franchise. They were in the they were in the the aughts. Okay. Yeah, they're in the franchise in a sense. I discount them because they don't sync with the the prequel framework that Prometheus and Covenant give us. Because there couldn't have been Z- the premise of a- AVP is that there were xenomorphs on Earth that predators were hunting throughout like most of history, and we didn't establish the the Whalen Corp until 2012. So it's like 
we haven't really explored space that much. Why are these aliens here? And would they be able to secretly inhabit and, like, create xenomorphs by, like, hunting humans? And, like, it all just falls apart. It becomes nonsense at that point for me. Which I feel like should give Prometheus a little bit more credit also in sort of reawakening kind of, like, investment in the Alien franchise. I feel like it was moderately successful in the movie. Definitely, it did. Gave some like depth and weight to a franchise that it sounds like was kind of petering out Starting by fire, like yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, giving it a little oomph. But there's some <laughs> cool stuff too, like even like right now where like you know, um, I know this is happening a lot with like um, Friday Thirteenth Jason stuff because we haven't had a Jason movie in ten years, and so there are a lot of people making like shorts, and some of them are supposed to be mm. pretty interesting. And the same thing is kind of happening with Alien, where people are making shorts out of that. Mm. Yeah, we've also just had this like very fun like thing that was been trending, which is that a school in New Jersey made an Alien, it's so cool. you know, it's play, so cool. which is really awesome. And I think you can watch it maybe on YouTube. From I've what seen I've parts heard. of it on YouTube. Yeah. Cool. And like, you know, Ridley Scott wrote to them. Sigourney Weaver, I think, showed up for the encore, she went which there, they did, yeah. which I was like, it's it's also just really cool that this has become such a thing that we have people now like performing it and trying to show it that way and you have like the director and actors who are attached to this like kind of coming out and supporting people too so you know even when you have like kind of like a floundering franchise which has like some hits and misses like prometheus i think like a decent amount of people like and then covenant like I'd not say so it's, much it's a relative like, high point i'd say it's yeah. the third best one yeah, yeah. But it's, like, what people, like, make of it and take with it is, like, kind of cool yeah. to watch, too. All the fan stuff is fun in a lot of franchises, I think. And I think this is probably one of them. That's yeah. cool. Seeing in new mediums. Us. I would love to see a stage production of Alien. Which is also in, like, New Jersey. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, if that's a thing that, like, you know, continues to happen. People are a big deal with it. Like, I would I'll go, I would go totally and see that. Totally. That'd be great. Yeah. Like an, like an official off-Broadway production of Alien? Yeah, I'm all here Written for by that. high school, like a high school theater company? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I'm on it. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and the franchise has had a lot of traction in pop culture. It's been referenced a lot of times. As we mentioned in the previous episode, it caps the end of Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's inspired dozens of uh, different franchises as it applies to science fiction and horror. Uh, video games, too. Video uh, games. Metroid. Uh, it also has an exhaustive comic book uh, history. That uh, is really thorough and really developed. I keep seeing, like, when I've gone to the comic store, like, some really cool-looking ones. And I never know if certain comics are good or not, because I don't <laughs> read a lot of them. But some of the artwork and some of these alien ones I've seen recently are, like, They're pretty incredible. Great. Yeah. yeah. I've read some of those. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, just a tremendously impactful franchise. Um, I was happy to, to be able to talk about it with you guys. Does anyone have any final thoughts on the uh, the franchise as a whole? I know you, it sounds like... Maybe you guys have only seen a handful of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen all these movies multiple times because I am a bit obsessed with uh, with this franchise and the, the whole arc. But um, but yeah, any any parting thoughts? I mean, I definitely want to watch the rest of them. I've seen most of them, but um, we've been having a lot of fun like going through franchises in general and trying to watch all of them. So this, I think, would also be like a good one to eventually complete all of them like i want to watch like the predator movies um and we you know have just finished almost finished fast and furious and we recently (laughs) finished like the nightmare on elm street ones there was like it's like pretty interesting watching a franchise all the way through Mm. and like seeing what happens with it um and i've also in october saw all of the chucky movies which i never thought i would be a person who saw all of the chucky movies but now there's a new one coming out which like looks pretty good and interesting mark hamill is chucky (laughs) Which is so exciting. Wait, explain this. Mark Hamill is doing the voice of Chucky. It was like just announced recently because he does a ton of voice work. Does he? The Joker in Batman the Animated Series. And I think that was kind of a big thing because it was in between um, A New Hope and um, Empire Strikes Back that he got into a pretty bad car Mm -hmm. accident. Right, yes. Um, And it seems like maybe that was partially a result of him like doing more voice acting stuff later on. So he's done the Joker in a ton of stuff. Um, he actually did do the voice of Chucky in an episode of Robot Chicken and now is doing Chucky, which is oh, pretty wow. cool. Um, we talked about this earlier. He has like countless characters he's done voice yeah. work for. He was a villain in an arc in Criminal Minds. Like there's, you know, Mark <laughs> Hamill's just like a wonderful human. He had a lot of trouble being typecast. Yeah. Because he was true. in a he was in a Stephen King 
like TV movie. Oh, he was in Children of the Damned. He mm-hmm. played like a priest. Yeah. <gasps> I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That is a hilarious yeah. movie. Yeah. It's not great, but it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is the priest. Yep. In that like little te- <laughs> like rural town. <laughs> Which is fucking weird kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Hamill month comes soon. Yeah. But yeah, like doing doing franchise stuff is like pretty fun and everything. Yeah. So yeah, I want to watch Aliens. I've never seen Aliens, so it's free online. I've I seen recommend. Alien versus Predator and had absolutely no investment in that movie. Yeah. But maybe it's worth a Aliens. I, I it's fantastic. I can't say enough about how I I was I, torn, realize... I was torn between picking Alien or Aliens. To be honest, I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was James Cameron. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So really, Scott only did the first Alien. And then, then Prometheus, Prometheus and, Covenant. and Covenant. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. But yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite. Well, my second favorite film franchise after Mad Max. Um, mm. So I would definitely recommend to anybody uh, who is interested in this episode or the previous episode or the Aliens franchise in general. Check them out. Um, they're not all going to be winners, but the ones that uh, shine brightly shine as brightly as any film I've ever seen. So uh, would highly recommend. So before we sign off for the episode, we're going to do a little exercise, a kind of a whiteboard question for uh, the end of uh, the Alien franchise episode. And that question is, uh, if we were going to build ourselves a space team, that a crew of folks that we were going to bring into space with us, uh, folks that we would trust to handle the situation and the uh, mysteries of space, who would those people be? Um, So who'd like to go first? I can go. Yeah. I'll just run right through it. All yeah. right, my space team. I want um, uh, Amy Adams from Arrival for language and communication. Good call. Um, I want Zoe Washburn from Firefly to be our captain, our leadership problem solving. Mm-hmm. I want Edward and jo- James Olmos uh, Gaff from Blade Runner to be Ooh, our wisdom and guidance. Good call. Um, <laughs> Basil of Baker Street, the great mouse detective. <laughs> to be our science. Space. Yes, I'm fucking bringing a mouse to space. Science and research. Um, I got to put Ripley on my team for strength and resolve. And I got to have Werner Herzog be our documentarian <laughs> uh, documenting all of our travels. So that's my team. Space, the final wow. frontier. <laughs> Untouched until this moment. Any, anyone else ready to go? Um, I can go. So I would start with Valkyrie from Tessa Thompson from Thor Ooh, Ragnarok. Oh, hell yeah. She rides a Pegasus. Pegasus in space. Pretty cool. Mm. Tough lady. Uh, then Goku. Oh, shit. That's a good move. That Super good fucking move. powerful. And then I think he would play really well off of Rocket Raccoon. Also oh. for Marvel. You need someone who's inventive and can fix a lot of shit. Uh, and then I would choose the Terminator. Just Ooh. someone to just mow down people. And he's made out of metal, so like space probably doesn't affect him. At all, or the vacuum of space. Mm. Uh, and then I would end with Voltron, everybody's favorite robot. All right. So um, I, first off, just wanted more ladies in my team, but also didn't want to put two Marvel people in. So I was going to do Captain Marvel, but I decided to instead do two Star okay. Wars people. Um, Jin Erso, I think she's a total fucking badass, and I want her like on a on a space crew, as well as Poe Darren because he's a good pilot, but also mm. eye candy. Um, that means that the one person from the Marvel universe I picked is my favorite character in the Marvel universe, Meek Meek, <laughs> from Thor Ragnarok, um, who's just little. But he also, like, has that little, like, weapon outfit he wears. And he's got, like, these those little knives that he has. But he's cute. Um, <laughs> he's very cute. I also have to have Ripley on my team, obviously. And I think I also would pick Bishop because Bishop is pretty badass. Um, and I think I would, like, trust an AI kind of decision-making in on my team as well. So, but yeah. could But could you trust? So you're saying that Bishop is the you could trust trustworthy Bishop. robot. I think Bishop okay. is the one you could trust. Like, fuck. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's pure through and through. Yeah. 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 I was going to say fuck Bilbo, but. Fuck Bilbo. <laughs> you know what I mean. But also fuck Bilbo. <laughs> um, uh, my space team. So Captain and Brains of the Operation is Gamora. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the pilot and fighter is going to be Poe Dameron. I also picked Poe. Hell yeah. Um, to kind of like break the tension and to just make us laugh a little bit as John Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to tell jokes. Someone has to do it. Will he still be wearing a suit? Yes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, kind of half yelling the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and what's his dog's name? Petunia. Petunia. <laughs> um, she can come along if she wants. Um, and then because I'll be so bewildered of how I ended up in space, knowing that like I'm hmm. terrified of everything that has to do with space, I need someone to like relate to. And so I picked Virginia Woolf. I'm going to resurrect oh, her wow. and bring her back. Mm. And then just for me, Chris Evans. <laughs> Just for me. It's just part like of the, the manifest. Of you, just for me. I, I like the idea of you bringing Virginia Woolf back and then also having to explain the concept of like space and all these things to her as well. Uh-huh. I think it'll be fun. She's the, the audience's viewpoint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Everything yeah. at once with Virginia Woolf. <laughs> there were moments of her just writing in a corner somewhere. Um, so I chose um, as my, uh, my crew... Um, Ripley, she's uh, resourceful, mm-hmm. adaptable, and uh, very, very quick-witted. Uh, Bishop, because he is an extremely reliable uh, android who uh, gives you the benefit then of just like android technology, kind of like su- almost superhuman strength in a certain regard. I mean, uh, he gets torn in half and still saves Newt. That's damn right. Um, at the at the end of the movie that you thought was underwhelming, uh, <laughs> <laughs> still think it's underwhelming. <laughs> And uh, I would also have Wedge Antilles, the um, yeah. Rogue Squadron leader from um, from uh, Star Wars, uh, just in case we need to get into some sort of space fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have Gamora on hand because, uh, Sam, there you go, because, uh, you know, she's uh, very strong, very, uh, uh, she's kind of a second Ripley, really. Yeah, uh, she's very competent. Yeah. And uh, and we're also bringing Jones on board again because yes. um, oh yeah, got got to have a cat. Mm-hmm. No matter no matter how far oh, from home you are, no matter how many light years, you need to have a little. If you cat can't cuddle you. something. Should put goose on my That's team. Right. Yeah. That's what it says on my manifest. Jones, just for me. <laughs> yeah, who's your just for me teammate? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in for these past two episodes, and uh, we hope you'll continue to tune in in the future. We have our socials, which are uh, Butter With That on uh, Facebook and Instagram. We also have Butter With That One on Twitter. Butter With That Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know your superhero teams, your space teams. <laughs> so that Connor doesn't cry again. And watch The Babysitter, which this idea was, like came from. So It's a great movie. Yeah. On Netflix. There's also Chill and Kill Hard to check out. True. <laughs> <laughs> there's some chilling and there's some killing. Yep. Chillin', we do it all. And of course, as always, uh, we thank all of you for listening. We'll be back again soon. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Bye. 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 Bye.